Welcome back, everybody. This is Out of the Box MTG, where we think and play outside the box. Uh, this is Logan again. Uh, usually Q's the one who intros, and, and Q is on vacation this week, so he is not here to join us. But I am joined by my wonderful friend, Jake. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, my guy? It's good. Happy dude. to be here. Yeah, man. Yeah, this is going to be fun. It's just the two of us. We we don't have many opportunities, you know. Usually there's four of us, which is awesome, but it's kind of fun every now and then to kind of figure something out just with two of us. Yeah, I think I don't think I've been on a, the cast yet with just two. I've done a couple threes. Yeah. But we'll see how two works. Yeah. The banter should be fine. <laughs> you should be good. Be good. Yeah. <laughs> and we promise we won't spend the whole time talking about Phoenix Suns basketball even though Stop. there's some major Stop yourself. news that happened this week. So <laughs> uh we we uh we were on the phone call uh you know minutes after deandre ayton was traded yeah sharing all of our feelings i think i've come full circle on (laughs) i'm not depressed anymore on what we got back i'm feeling again we're in a decent spot i'm happy with how it turned out still terrified of the bucks at this point oh for sure i don't think we had to make them you know more likely to beat us in the finals again but that's okay i think for for what it's worth i'm I'm in a better place now okay. yeah and it was so funny because like when we we were needing to jump on a phone call earlier in the week to get ready for the podcast to figure out what you know to go over some more notes and everything and then of course you know we spent the first hour talking about basketball before we could get to the magic stuff so <laughs> that'll do it that's usually how our conversations go is we literally said hey should magic. we just we just do a phoenix suns cast this week yeah. instead like let's just uh <laughs> see see if this for, uh for phoenix suns meets magic the gathering how does the viewership boost change this yeah. this week let's see <laughs> gotta pivot our whole progress or whole process here so yeah well, hey guys, welcome to the pod. Uh, first things first, we do want to call out, you know, watch out for us on, on you know, keep an eye out on Spotify and on Apple Music and, and all those places where you find your podcast to, you know, stay up to date um, with everything that's coming out. We try to do, the, you know, a pod every other week. So, and hopefully, you know, maybe someday we'll be able to to make that more often. We'd love to be able to do that. So keep an eye out for the pod coming up, but also wanted to call it the Substack. Uh, Substack is where we post all of the art, all of our podcasts, but each of us also write a bunch of articles. Um, and so we have articles from Jake, from Quentin, from myself, ranging from sustainability to the NBA to board wipes and, you know, whatever, (laughs) everything we talk about though, it all comes back to magic. We just try to, you know, plug a little bit of some of our personal interests into our articles, which makes it fun. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, we're biased. Cause we're the ones writing them, but I think it's a pretty sweet page. It's, you know, I think, you know, we're all, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably pretty immersed in the magic, the gathering online world. A lot of the discourse follows whatever the popular discourse is. Yep. And not that we don't partake in that. We definitely do, but we like to try and say, how can we set our, our sub stack to be a place that may have a different set of voices a different uh take on some things so i think if if you're looking for just a fresh read on some some magic the gathering content that you're probably not finding elsewhere hopefully this is the place to do it yeah there's definitely some unique articles on there that are a lot of fun to read i know that this last you know this week's was um like i mentioned q had a sustainability one that went up where he talked we went into some stuff about sustainability and magic and things like that so really it's only green it's only green mages articles that i'll read yes. so 
Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff up there, but you know, we'd love to support. So thank you guys for all you guys do. Um, but yeah, so we want to kind of get into the pod today. And honestly, we, we threw around a lot of different ideas, but we kind of wanted to just talk a little bit about like the, the two of us and how we play magic. Um, we've been playing together now for what's been maybe three, four years now. At least three. I think it's been yeah. four though. I think we're yeah. probably past four. So we've been playing, you know, re- you know, very consistently for the last like four years together. But uh, out of everyone in our in our group with Quentin and Simon, uh, out of our crew, and even the floaters, even the yeah, you know, even the other five guys or six here, come here or there. You and I probably, and not in a bad way, but you and I probably differ in our magic, you know, color preferences, our philosophy, our deck building strategy, the kind of cards we play, like. You and I have similarities, but we probably differ more so than any other like pairing, maybe other than Quentin and Simon. Um, yeah, they might be the most, they, they might be also, yeah, polarized, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but we're we almost have our own wheel, uh, wherein I ally with Q and Simon in some ways, and you on yep. the other side. Um, but it was funny because, yeah, we were talking like, okay, what are some things that we we share and can agree on that we can, you know, not that we don't agree, but like, Hey, let's talk about some things we talked about in the cast. And it was like immediate epiphany. We were like, or we could just disagree the whole podcast. Let's do that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as far as like similarities, you know, like we're, we're both Grixis fans. We both like Grixis. Red, red's my different reasons though. I mean, I feel like we don't, we aren't usually building the same Grixis commanders. Not even close, but yeah, never. Um, But for what it's worth. Yeah. You know, and 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 it boils to a lot of different aspects. You know, like part of it, and Jake, I know you've mentioned this before, but uh, I think you're just not a green player. Is that right? Just not <laughs> happy to become one one day, but once Wizards prints a green card, I can read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and I wouldn't even say green's my favorite color. I'd probably say red's my favorite color to play. But yeah. I usually green is a great color. I like to pair with other one. Like I just like. I, I enjoy green where green is not something that you usually ever even kind of glance at when a new set comes out, you're not even reading the green cards. So it, it's just, it's actually a hidden mode treat because <laughs> I will like learn about a card. That's cool. Like months after it was released, you're like, what Pretty is scary. that card that you're playing? When did that come out? Oh, <laughs> wow. I didn't see that. <laughs> I skipped that whole column on yeah. the spoiler. Um, and it's not, yeah, honestly, that's not even like a, of uh, forced bias for some reason there's a block and i just can't yeah. just can't read them don't care and i try <laughs> to but something's not there but i say, say i mean not that you again like you play grixis but yep. blue not really your thing not um, typically high on my list like i will like play if it's blue, splashed right yeah blue is a splash color at, at best for me usually like i will play blue in grixis because they're rakdos there i'll yeah. play blue in like i have a bant deck but blue is probably the like the least represented color in that deck. Yeah. Do you even have a like mono blue card in the deck, or is it all like, Ooh. oh, my Azorius legend? It's usually my like... Simic legend. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's probably right. I don't like. I don't think there's a single mono blue commander Thinking in that deck. <laughs> yeah. That and and like you know we we had a pod. Was it last week or the week or 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 two pods ago? where I kind of let off talking about Esper. Yeah. And that was a fun exercise because there's there was a whole lot of that. Like we were definitely talking like you your Orzov um 
your aspersions to Orzov, you know, we were trying to break into that, yeah. but it's an interesting thing that, you know, we, we love playing together and we assess power decently the same. I'd yeah, say I mean, it's agree. not like, I, it's not like we're, Oh, you think that's strong. It's not strong. Like, no, we yeah. definitely, we definitely can assess similarly, Yeah, but we just like different things. We, we approach things differently and, and everyone does, but almost to a fault, we are looking at things differently. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I've noticed like, like when we like are building a deck or upgrading or playing, like I oftentimes will not play like not. And like I said, not that you do this a ton, but like I'm not usually putting a a smothering tithe, a ristic study, a right. force of negation. Like I typically don't pack my decks, you know, with not not pack, but I don't typically don't play a lot of like those like like very like more powerful staple cards mm-hmm. where you will play a few of those. Like I usually yeah. will find a version of hey, I need a I need to draw a card, right? I want a counter spell. I'll usually try to find like a counter spell that will synergize with what my deck is doing rather yeah. than just playing like a, a really strong counter spell, for example. I think there's like some, some pretty good middle ground that we walk together in that. Yes. <clears throat> the different, the, I think the big difference is you have decks and maybe even most of your decks where there is not a single tithe or ristic study or force negation, right? Like none. Yeah. And I do respect and, and, I'm also like, oh, I don't want to play all staples. So I may have, like, I have one Teferi's Protection in one deck. However, you will see staples in my decks. Like, I, I, there, there probably isn't a deck that doesn't have one or two. Right. Um, But I do, I, I, it's fun because sometimes I'll see your decks and say, like, you know, whatever your counterspell did, it did a little extra and it wasn't free. So it's not like as good as mine. But it did a little extra and it worked with your commander. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you find that card? So yeah, I, I, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's a, a different uh definitely a different take on things. And and I think the whole idea for this pod too was let's have some fun just like talking about how we do things different, but also there is there's a benefit that that I think that I've had. Uh, when when you and I talk about decks together, when we're, mm-hmm. hey, can you take a look at my deck? Very often, if I send you a list or a half-baked brew, the things that you come at me with are not even on my radar. Not just from cards, but like right. angles or, hey, you're trying to accomplish X. Have you tried Y to do it? I'm like, no, I have not thought of that at all because I don't think the same way you do about magic. And so I think... It, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know that it's super common when I'm when when people are are building or assessing their decks and things to go to the player that plays completely opposite they do and say, "Hey, take a look through your lens. What do I need to do?" Yes, but exactly. I think there's a lot of benefit to do it, right? Right, and yes, that's kind of like what we wanted to do today. Is you know, is that we do kind of view and build a little bit differently, and so we thought it'd be fun to kind of sh- express that in a few different ways. Um, and so, like, the first thing we want to do is we, we've we come up with a couple random themes of, of a type of deck that you could build. And we wanted to kind of see, like, and, and these are themes of something that neither of us really have. And we want to kind of explore that and see, okay, if you were to build this, like, you have this direction, what who would you build? How would you build it? And how does that differ from something, like, from what I would do? And so... Yeah. 
And like, what is, what is your first, like we pick theme A, where does your brain go first? Cause yeah. it's probably different than where my brain goes. Right. Yes, for sure. Um, and then, and, you know, and then at the end, after, after this, we have some of our personal decks that we want to kind of use them as an example to kind of show and, and maybe even get some personal feedback on. Um, Cause you know, I think with, you know, everyone, you're all, most people are kind of constantly tinkering with their decks. Maybe they have some that kind of sit around for a little bit, but most people are kind of always looking for ways to kind of tweak and tinker and slightly change or upgrade their decks. And so we'll, you know, maybe get a couple thoughts from each other on some of those decks. And maybe that can even help some of you, you know, if you are facing a similar, you know, thing in one of your decks, maybe it's not the same commander, but maybe you can, you know, a similar struggle or roadblock. I think often my decks will cease to exist for one of two reasons. And the first is, you know, you build it and it turns out it's not what you thought and it's not fun and you're done with it. Uh, The other one being, it gets stale or it hits a roadblock that you can't overcome. Yeah. Whether it's with relation to your playgroup or it's with how you're experiencing the deck. And before chopping it, cons- uh, the, the, whole, the goal of the cast would be consider talking to someone that plays differently than you and right. see what their take on the deck is. And maybe yeah. there's something there, right? For sure. Um, but yeah, let's start with, that, with this little... Um, so we're going to present a couple themes and we'll kind of talk about where we would take this. Um, so the first one that we thought of, kind of in honor of Q's Daxus deck, um, we thought we'd talk about enchantments or enchantress as a, a theme and style to build. Um, it's one that neither of us really have. Um, At all, yeah. Uh, yeah, like nothing kind of even close to it. So we thought it'd be kind of a fun experiment to like look at enchantment and say, okay, we need to, you know, your commission is to build an enchantment style deck. Jake, what is like the, what's one of the first commanders that, and we've, you know, taken some time to think about this, but what would be one of the commanders that you would choose to build in an enchantment style deck? Yeah. I mean, so uh, very often when I'm looking at, Hey, I want because if I'm not building a deck because I see the commander and that's like, Oh, I want to build that commander. Right. If I'm ever, thinking based on theme and I don't yet have the commander. I'm looking at the color that I like to play mostly from familiarity. And mm-hmm. this is where I could, there's less to, to, to have to learn or teach myself if it's already colors I play. Um, but I, I used to play original Zur the enchanter mm-hmm. um, and more of a competitive build. And oh, I loved I him as a character. That. He was so fun. <laughs> so, but, but new Zur. So he was printed in um, Dominary United this is Zer Eternal Schemer. He costs three mana, just Esper, uh, white, blue, black. For a flying 1-4 enchantment creatures you control have Death Touch, Lifelink, and Hexproof. And then you can pay one and a white to turn a non-aura enchantment you control into a creature with power toughness equal to its uh, mana value. So he's interesting. I I think I look at him and I say, it's not Sithis. It's not like, hey, play as many enchantments as possible and draw and reap the benefits. He does combat things which i love he plays a little bit differently and there's there's an interesting i think there's synergies and angles that are undiscovered even now and he's been out for months right where you can say this thing this card that was designed to be an aura what happens when it's a creature that has death such life thing hexproof so i think there there's like a little bit of a rabbit hole investigative hat i get to put on yeah and do cool things in esper so uh, i think that'd be my first pick for sure yeah i like that and obviously, you know, 
white you know white and green are probably considered like the best enchantment enchantress colors and everything yeah so having white in there's good um black is still pretty good at it but i do think it's fun to add blue because like blue isn't necessarily like one like one of the most common uh enchantment colors um yeah but that's the thing i agree from because the commanders dictate some of that right and, and maybe maybe some of the things that care about enchantments dictate some of that right. but every color has an enchantment oh, that's just like sure. can be animated you know yes, and so there absolutely. is that little mini game of saying oh well there's this blue enchantment that all it does by itself is x but if you animate it suddenly it's doing a lot more right yeah. and so <laughs> cough cough <laughs> omniscience <laughs> cough cough <laughs> what a, what an interesting enchantment you speak of <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so uh, so kind of like similar to you, like when I I typically don't find just like a theme and then say, okay, I'm going to find a commander to fit this theme. Like typically I get inspired by a specific commander and kind of triggers something. But every now Most and people then, probably do, and I think yeah, about it. I think that's probably the case. Um, but every now this and then- This is a fun exercise though. You should try it. It is true. <laughs> Um, but like every now and then I will like try to say, okay, if I were to build an enchantment style deck, how would I want to build it? And typically when I do that, I'm not looking like, you know, maybe I'll gaze at like EDH rec for a couple ideas, but typically I'm not wanting to build like the best or the most popular. Like I like to try to find ways to fill the need of what the theme of the deck wants to be, but in a more unique way, either through color or you know a, a, a deck restriction or something like i usually like to look for something a little bit different um, so logan you were the kid in class who wanted to find a way to not do the assignment but be able to technically i did the assignment exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so the the first the first one that i have here and i think i talked about this it was either last week or two weeks ago but it's gilwain casting director so Gilwain is new from uh, Wilds of Eldraine. He was in the precon, and he says when he and whenever he or another non-token creature enters the battlefield, you can choose one of three different roll tokens to attach to the creature. So the reason why I like this is those roll tokens are token enchantments. So every time you're casting a creature, you're getting an enchantment onto the battlefield, but it's not <laughs> a like. It, it, you know, Sithis is, hey, cast an enchantment, gain a life, draw a card. The idea with this deck it was, would be, no, I'm going to play like 40 to 50 creatures, mostly have the deck be creatures, and just trigger an enchantment entering the battlefield whenever a creature comes in. So the kind nice. of enchantments that I would play would be more things that care about the number of enchantments you have or mm-hmm. an enchantment like entering the battlefield. So like there, there might be a couple constellation triggers, for example, yeah, but but the deck itself would only maybe play five or six enchantments. Um, so that's once again of... doesn't fulfill the criteria, and yet still has built an enchantress deck. It still gets there. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Kind of, yeah, yeah, that's typically how I like to. to I, that usually that is how I like to try to build my decks. I like to find a way to fulfill the role without doing it in the most obvious way um but yeah uh what's a so jake what about um so you had zur i think we each kind of brought two examples so what would be maybe a yeah different yeah and and this one I, it pains me to say it has green in it um but if i had to <laughs> i mean with the enchantments right yeah 
Um, so Narcy Fable Singer, she's um the she's cool. I want to say she's backup commander to Anicthia, the precon. Um, masters, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, Human Bard for one and white, black, green. Um lifelink uh three three, if I said that. Um whenever you sack an enchantment, draw a card. And then she also if that didn't uh, ring out to you, hey, a bard that wants you to second enchantments, I should play sagas. Just in case you didn't think of that. Wizards let you think of it by saying, <laughs> when the final chapter ability of a saga you control resolves, each opponent loses X life and you gain X life, where X is that saga's mana value. I generally don't love commanders that tell me what to play. Yeah. And maybe that's just me. Maybe everyone's play those that way. I don't know. But like when a card says play sagas and you will have fun. Then I'm like, so everyone that plays Narcy is going to play sagas. I do think this one is enough payoff because there have been recently a lot of payoffs or enchantments that are sacrificing. I think mm-hmm. Q's been kind of dabbling in this theme as well. Yes. Um, um, and there's also just in the history of magic, things dying or being sacrificed kind of matter. And so you can look at enchantment creatures get some aristocrat stuff going. And then you've got kind of this big drain um, on the sagas and sagas themselves, like just by themselves are very cool. Mm. They're very cool card, um, like subtype of enchantment that wizards printed whenever Dominaria came back a, a couple years ago that just, and that, that is, I think one thing that I wanted to point out with Narcy with my type of deck building is I prefer when i like playing all my cards like all 100 of them yeah and so if if i have to like go off the beaten path path too far with cards that i otherwise don't care about maybe it's a very old card with old art that i don't love no offense if you do just to make the thing work i'm like but i'm playing a dud card it's like it's like i'm two for oneing myself yeah and so the fact that i'll see sagas are all sweet if yeah, right, right. But the fact that sagas are that, like nobody sweet. else plays, but like works perfectly in my deck, dude. That's my sweet spot. <laughs> Logan will just slam this Yu-Gi-Oh card down and be like, "Ha!" <laughs> None of you have seen this at the table, and I'm like, "Okay, you're right." <laughs> but yeah, that's so that is that's kind of why I thought Narcy was worth bringing up because, on the one hand, it does something that I don't love the prescriptiveness, but sagas or if you whatever it is if there's a, a commander that lets me play cards that i want to play that's great yeah um no i love that I yeah what's what's your other one um so my other one so gilwain was good because it was you know in green white which is probably the most supported color but what if yeah. you would build enchantress in the least supported colors possible <laughs> um which would those be in my opinion it would be is it um, okay, I was going to say Rakdos, but Rakdos or is it probably yeah, on I the think, bottom? I think there's enough things in black, especially recently, kind of like you mentioned. I think there's yeah. like, there have been more black things that care about enchantments. Yeah, whereas like fair. red is very like, there's like no, hardly any synergies with enchantments in red and very right. few blue as well. So, okay, so what are you working with? So the, the choice that I made was Ovika Enigma Goliath. So she was printed in Phyrexia All Will Be One. Um, she's a seven mana, um, big old Phyrexian nightmare, but she says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you create X one, one Phyrexian goblin creature tokens where X is the mana value of that spell. Oh, so, there you go. Doing oh, it again. Where yeah. is the enchantment even on this card? <laughs> Doesn't say <laughs> enchantment anywhere on the card, but it cares about non-creatures. So the idea of this deck would be to, you, you know, 
try to get Ovika ramped out or whatever, but then start playing enchantments to then make a whole bunch of goblins. Um, and so you Sweet. can play these these cool enchantments that again, there's not you're probably not really gonna have very many enchantment triggers, but the deck just wants to play some good enchantments that can then help you with however you want to win. If you want to win with goblins, if you want to win doing something with tokens, if you want to just win <laughs> playing super strong enchantments, whatever. Um, but I like looking for color combinations that maybe aren't the most played for us for certain like archetype. And I feel like in, like is it enchantments is really cool. Um, and I do that, have- that would be a you bring that deck to the convention and people go, "There's this guy playing is it enchantments?" <laughs> so that is that. Yeah, and I do have to shout out. So uh, Jim from Spike Feeders also he has a Ovika deck that he built that is an enchantress style deck. It still plays a, a decent amount of spells, but it only plays like four creatures. Mm-hmm. But most of the deck is enchantments. I will say for its worth. I had had the idea and had like a small like 20, 30 card brew of this and then saw him play this deck and it's super <laughs> cool. So you heard it here first. Jim yes. is one of our subscribers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Been following uh, along. Yeah. But yeah. So I think those would be kind of like, like that's kind of like my style when looking for Enchantress. Slight uh, tangent, but Ovika is kind of sweet. And in that vein, like she costs seven mana. She, it, the Phyrexian it, Nightmare. I think it's a she. But yeah, it's that that A sound on the end, right? Ovika. Yeah. But okay, so Avika, Ovika, seven mana for six six with ward three and flying. And it's pay three life on the ward three. So not going anywhere. But if you can cast a seven mana spell, you can the next turn cast an eight mana enchantment and pop eight goblins. Like, that's kind of cool. It's pretty sweet. Cool. <laughs> Take a look at Ovika. Let's uh let's circle back to Avika in a few weeks to see oh, where that's sure. at. That's pretty cool. Yeah, she's sweet um okay let's take another uh, another stab at this so we wanted to try to like find like a few different themes and for this next one we wanted to go typal um and there is a type that uh is a big fan of jake's uh, so i'll let jake introduce big time one. um so yeah like logan said i i've talked about i've talked about this if, you, if you've been a close follower you can probably guess where we're going but we're going with vampires in my perfect world and this could happen at some point. I've considered it. I've looked at all the angles. I would brew like four or five vampire decks, build them out. They would be different colored, different themed, different cards, and just have like a, honestly, like a vampire cube would be so cool. That's what we're doing. That's what, that's what we're doing. Um, <laughs> so so in the spirit of that, I, I think it's only correct for me to share um, for my picks for, for a vampire deck, how I would build. And I, I built a lot of them um but if we're walking away from grandpa edgar i think my pick first for a vampire commander would be again lord xander the collector reason for this okay, is lord xander sweet yeah so he is a vampire right so we can just start there He's a vampire <laughs> um i when i look at tribal decks and this is no shade to any anyone that does anything differently i've played a lot of tribal decks and yeah. one thing that I've found, and it's kind of in the vein of I want to love all the cards I play, is if I'm playing 10 of the same cards that you're playing in your um, Dragon Tribal deck, mm-hmm. because it's just pick a creature type and that creature gets reduced by three, or whenever you cast a creature of this type, this thing happens, those cards are good. And I don't think you should just omit them. But when that's what I'm doing all the time, and then the the commander also 
looks the same whether he's a vampire or a dragon and all it is is when you play the tribe that matches me draw a card or do a thing or this or that that gets a little stale to me i I can see where if you really love the tribe that's great what lord xander does and like kind of the direction i've been leaning with vampires and other tribes now at this point is what does the tribe like to do yeah and then let me just play as many sweet cards of the tribe like that even if my commander's been removed 80 times i'm never playing him again these cards on their own can do the thing that i want to do and so with vampires one of the things they do is they mill you because they drink mine the mind mirkovask the mind drinker right the original and so lord xander does that when he attacks he makes you mill half your library so i've i've been brewing this deck and i want to make it to where we're doing a mill deck as many vampires that can mill and they're just great cards that i want to play yeah so I guess a question with that then, would you, so if you really care about like liking every card in the deck and just doing the thing that like the tribe wants to do, would you ever consider playing a non-vampire at the head of your vampire deck if it meant that it synergized with what your vampire deck wanted to do? Uh, No, I don't think so. You wouldn't, okay. I, I have a, I have a very, I'm, and this is another little Jake-ism. I I'm a very good sucker for really good art and having the theme kind of blend and gel really well. Yeah. So like, let's say Bruvok is, is the mill commander. Right. Yeah. And he, not that he could lead the vampires, but if he was a, a Grixis legend that did the same thing he does, which is wherever you mill a card, you do it twice. Yeah. And if that was the better option, I would still pick Lord Xander. Cause in my head, we're kind of role playing. We're doing some D and D ish, like adjacent stuff. I'm playing the vampire, the sweet, okay. big, bad vampire, right? Like, so cool. I lean into that. Cool. Don't know if you see that differently, but that's what I would do. No, I, I think I could see that. I, I could see a world in where I would want to kind of do that. Like part of me is intrigued by the idea of like, you know, Oh, I'm going to play a vampire deck, but there's not a vampire at the head. Like I think the idea of that sounds really funny. Yeah. To me. Um, I think there's a, yeah, I agree. There's a world where it's cool. I, I will say I, there I've had a, a brew in the back and uh, side tangent here, but where I was building a chromium, the mutable humans deck, mm-hmm. but he does turn into a human. So like right. there was a the little chaser there. Right. For but, sure. but I get that. Sure. But no, I, 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 if you had like a box in the command zone, like like the card is legendary creature box. Yeah. But he let like Morophon is probably a good example. I don't yes. like Morophon. See, and I'm with you there. Like I'm not a like I, I don't really love Morophon because he just feels like an easy way to make any type old deck. But even if he was vampire specific, even if it wasn't like the any tribe, because he or it itself is like a blob that's a deer that like <laughs> why is he leading the vampire tribal because yeah. he's good at it it's like well no i don't care I, i'm here to play a role-playing cosplaying game or whatever where yeah. i'm pretending to be the thing or whatever right for so sure yeah i got you um yeah where are you at on vampires let's see yeah, if you did it right for, i think for me um I, I have one main one my side one that i'll just briefly mention which this is this kind of goes against my usual philosophy but I do like Strephon Maurer Progenitor. Uh-huh. Um, he was the Innistrad Crimson Vow. Crimson Vow? Midnight Hunt? One of those. Crimson Vow. Yeah. Yep. Crimson Vow. He was the Crimson Vow, like precon commander. Um, I like, I do enjoy his ability. He specifically cares about vampires, but I do like him because 
he has the he has basically he's sneak attack. If you sack two blood tokens, you can sneak attack a vampire into play. So I Doctor really, Logan's whole philosophy boiled down is uh, yeah. sneak attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I think at one point I had kind of built Strefan in a. It was actually like I had brewed a version of him that was it was vampires, but it was also like like a changeling deck just mm. to like or, or finding ways to like turn everything into a vampire so that you could then you know cheat into play something cool just by saying yeah. blood token so then, yeah, we'll say blue does that really well you yes. can get the arcane adaptations and stuff yeah. right yeah otherwise you just have to play mass wood nexus that's right uh, there are colorless versions yeah. of that yeah um but that's the part too like that that we see it differently like you'd love to say if yeah. you could if you could build the deck to you get the mask wood nexus out you have Strefan and now you're dropping Ur Dragons off. I mean, not in that color, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You would be like, what a win. And I'm yes. like, oh, what a fail. He's not yeah. a really a vampire. <laughs> I would rather have all of them be like sweet vampires, not that yes. they have to synergize together. Right. But right. Interesting. And, okay. And I think part of that does come from the idea that like I'm typically not a typo player. Like, yeah, sure, sure. Typo's not high on my like, I, I would build. And then, like, like I said, like with these other ideas we're doing, like enchantments or enchantress, like that speaks to me more than usually more often than not than typo, with one exception, which is pirates, which I cannot <laughs> wait for pirates coming. I say you are in luck, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Um, but the the main one that I like that if I were to like build a vampire style deck is I would do it with um Sengir the Dark Baron, um, mm-hmm. who is my he was from uh commander legends and he is my favorite uh partner um he's such a cool vampire he every time another creature dies yours or opponents he gets two counters and then whenever another player loses the game you gain life equal to that player's you know what their life total was when they started the turn so yeah. my idea for that deck would be to run which that's the only part i remember actually yes because it's so cool and it's so unique <laughs> i love it but it also is a little slight because you're like, how often am I going to have a player die? But the other part is what <laughs> kind of makes it gravy, right? Yes. Um, but then as a good way to like partner him, I, I would think to partner him with Jessica Thrice Reborn to mm. to really try to like make it so he could start killing early and fast. Yeah. And you could kill people from high life totals with some commander damage and you'd be gaining, you know, 20, 30 life or whatever. Sounds super, super cool. Um, yeah, I agree. Do, do you tell me this? So that gets you in the right colors. Out yeah. of principle, do you say I'm building this as a vampire deck? Therefore, here's vampires that hopefully also are killing off creatures. Or are you saying yeah. this is my vampire commander, but I don't care what's in the deck? No, I think to to honor the like restriction of hey, this is it's supposed to be a vampire typo deck. I yeah. I do think I would end up only playing vampire creatures. But I would probably look for ones that would specifically help, like those two commanders. Those strategies, just yeah. saying, like rather than playing, like I think there's like a red black vampire that's like, hey, other vampires you control get plus one plus one in first strike. Like, Strong Kirk captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you quiz me. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, like that card doesn't really do anything for me in that deck. So like that's probably not one that like that card will go in ninety percent of vampire decks. But I probably wouldn't play that one. Probably but the it. one that says. Hey, at the beginning of your upkeep, you know, each opponent sacrifices a non-vampire creature. Um, I think that's like Anawan, the mono black. Yeah, that's vampire. the ruin, the ruin uh sage. Something yep. like that. Yeah. Um, like 
like I would play him because it makes all my opponents set creatures so I can yes. grow my commander, right? So I think that's yeah. how I would look at it. But I do think I would still stick to only playing vampires. Um, just yeah, I, I would say we you. agree on the restrictions. Yes. Like we are, we are definitely there. Um, what's funny that you you've kind of uh, framed it where you aren't really typo, and it kind of fits into where even with the enchantress, you're like, can I yep. build an enchantress deck that isn't an enchantress deck? And I, or it's not enchantress on its on its face. And now here you're like, I'm picking commanders that are not vampire tribal. Whereas I think I'm almost as far the other way as you can go, but For where sure. it's like a it's a horseshoe because yes. I'm like a tribal purist to where all this garbage that Watsi's been doing to make the tribes work. I'm like, no, I want to play dragons because they do dragon stuff, like yes. not because they care that there's other dragons around. For sure, which means that I will sometimes do things you're doing where it's a little non-orthodox or whatever yeah. but yeah for sure which is why we work so well together because yeah. we, we are so different but we come around to be it comes together, it know? comes around yes yeah. let me get rid of green which we can do in almost every vampire i'm actually surprised we can move on from vampires uh, yeah. we can do a vampire cast one day but uh riyami uh the the cool. soltai vampire yeah one of us should build him at some point just yeah. on principle i, I right? have I actually like early on when I like when I first started playing Commander Rayami was on my was on my short list of like one of the ones I almost built a couple times. Okay, um, just because I thought she was really cool. But then they've kind of like they've printed that same ability multiple times on multiple commanders, which then yeah. made me not like it as much because like yeah. at first Rayami was super unique, and then they yeah. put Cathril. And then they have mm -hmm. like, and then Akroma in Commander Legends kind of does the same right. thing. Like, so I think there's a sword in Kamigawa that almost does the exact same thing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, Similarly, yes. yeah. So yeah. I really liked her early. And then I, I slowly started liking her less and less once, you know, they started kind of printing that same ability more and more. I was like, yeah, yeah. it's not as unique now. But. Yeah. But for what it's worth, Green Vampire, I think it's cool. Pretty sweet. I know, I know that I'm in the minority. I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the double minority because I'm not a green player, but I think it's yeah. cool. Um, okay. Well, this last one, we'll, we'll, we'll be kind of quick here because I think you guys are kind of seeing this idea. But uh, Jake, quickly, kind of like uh, if we were to take a, if you were to build a Voltron strategy, what would be one or two ways that you would kind of look to build Voltron? Um, if you were to, you know, if it's like, okay, we're doing a Voltron night, right? We each have to build yeah. a Voltron deck. What would you, what do you look at? What inspires you? Yeah. Uh, so I'll just hit, share my two. I've actually built them both. Um, one I have currently, one I don't anymore. Oh, the first cool. is uh, Shu Yun, the, the Silent Tempest. Mm. Uh, a Jeskai deck that is kind of weirdly spell slingery, but it's a uh, 3-2 with prowess. And the 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 kicker is that when you cast a non-creature spell, you could pay hybrid Boros twice. And if you do, target creature gets double strike till end of turn. Yeah, I built it kind of honestly more in like a mid-rangey control responding deck that when it wants to can give something double strike out of nowhere whether or not it's mine but end of the day shu yun you can kind of suit up and make him do the thing yeah um so spell again spell slinger, spell slinger cool. yeah cool. it's it's kind of yeah kind of like in in this fan i'm a little more like you i think where i'm like how can i do it without it being pretty typical of right. um of your uh, uh Voltron. And then the other is a Trotta. Like like for example, like you've built Astor 
in oh i've done all of them yeah you all the built, equipment <laughs> um you, and and i think do you still have uh, i had a kiri i've i've built grixis guy uh oh tetsuo tetsuo yeah not sleeved but i have the pile yeah that's I know. Still I love one of my favorite decks you've built. I love that deck. We need to do sideboard this um, or sidebar this sideboard. Sidebar. <laughs> um, sideboard this for us talking about and bringing on a guest to buy me back into the equipment decks that I love because mm. my Astro deck was so cool. Like did such cool things. Yeah. My my Tetsuo deck, one of my favorite decks, but I kind of run into the problem that we talked about a little bit where I want to love all the cards I play. Yeah. And so if I'm playing X number of equipment because I need to have them in the deck for it to yeah. work, but I don't care about this dagger that's in the deck. Yeah. It's hard for me. You know, like I want to like almost like I want to get through those, get past those to get to the good cards. Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah. So. So that's kind of where I go. And then Atrada, it's the the one from Rab, uh, Gills of Ravnica or Ravnica Allegiance, one of those two. Yep. Also a vampire. But it's the one that'll shuffle back in your deck and then exile something with a hit counter. And then if you exile uh, three hit counter creatures on a for that player, that player loses the game. That one I do because there's a little bit of hoop jumping and uh, uh, like mini game of keeping a trotta out of your deck. Yeah. So and there's stuff there that do you have to really go after and kill a player? It's kind of rough. Yeah. But but yeah, those would be my two because they're a little bit different. They're they're not necessarily your Voltron. So yeah, yeah, what do you got? Normal options. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way. Um, the, the first one that I'll I'll mention is uh that I think would be fun is it's Voltron on hard mode, uh, which is uh Kosei Penitent Warlord. He is the mono green ogre. Uh, I was like, why don't I know what Amidala. this is? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's really cool because he basically cares about being enchanted by an aura he cares about being equipped with an equipment and then he cares about having plus one plus one counters or just a counter so normally, all of those he, yeah he cares yeah. about all three of them so it's a unique style build of voltron where you're not just you know oftentimes when you look at voltron it's like oh i'm gonna do it you know spell singer i'm gonna do plus one plus one counters or i'm gonna throw a bunch of equipment on it or auras like usually it's like one of those veins yeah He's yeah really cool because it's like Oh no! You got to do all three of them <laughs> to work well. So <laughs> well, he's also funny. Because I didn't realize this. I just pulled him up. He's got the combat damage trigger. If yeah. you meet all those requirements and you get to draw that many cards and he deals that many damage to each other opponent, yeah, he's a zero five. So there's he's the other five. hard mode of like, <laughs> even if you pull this off, hopefully you pumped him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and that's the yeah you and that's why you have to get counters, auras, and equipment to all. And probably equipment. that gets it pumped but it would yeah. be funny if somehow you have the scenario where you put like a flying counter on him and like stuff that pumps his toughness on the aura and, and uh, equipment and no cards no damage but i pulled it off there you go <laughs> that is pretty funny i hadn't thought about that because <laughs> yeah you could put any kind of counter that's yeah. pretty good um so he's one that i think would be is cool just from the sense of like it's very difficult um and it's yeah. like a fun like puzzle to figure out um the other one that I really like is uh, Aragorn, King of Gondor. So he got, I'm is, sold. Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, for sure. <laughs> He's the Jess guy that cares about the monarch. So uh-huh. he says whenever Aragorn attacks, you can have target creature and opponent controls not be able to block. Or if you're the monarch, creatures your opponent's control can't block. 
So basically it gives your stuff unblockable. So yeah. I like that kind of similar to like a Trotta, like where a Trotta is unblockable. I like the style yeah. of Aragorn because you specifically have to become the monarch. So you kind of have this like, okay, I'm Voltron, but I have to make sure I'm the monarch. So you're playing, you know, ways to blink some monarch pieces or just like making sure you're always playing a card. Oh yeah. Like monarch ETB in my head. I was like, you're not going to maximize him because you got to swing to get the monarch, but you're doing it the other ways too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Um, And, and, you know, if you have ways to give him haste, you know, you can like retake the monarchy and things like that. Um, But that just seems kind of like a cool way to build him just because if all of, you know, if he's going to essentially be unblockable, he's already a four fourth vigilance lifelink. So it's like, it's not going to take too much to like get him, uh, you know, a little bit bigger and you could do Mm -hmm. it a few different ways. But I like the angle of saying, okay, but you like, in order to really make it work, it's like, all right, you got to, you got to keep being the monarch, right? Yeah. Hey, it's a flavor win. I'm here for it. And also, it's also not saying I'm a commander that has the word equipment printed on me. Right. So there's that too. Exactly. Um, which that checks uh, out for yeah, what you uh, want to do. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, for what I like, you know, it doesn't say anything about the thing I want to do. Perfect. 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 <laughs> you have no idea it's coming. Yep. I, I feel like there's a lot of uh I imagine when you're at um LGSs or or um conventions, there's a lot of explaining yeah. what the deck does because you're like, you might not know based on what the commander yeah. is what's going like, on. Wait, you're playing this. I thought you'd be doing XYZ. It's like, oh no, I'm doing like option f like way back right. over there oh, yeah shit. yeah that's me <laughs> whereas i'm like oh yeah absolutely here you go you know what this yeah. is <laughs> yeah um that, yeah. That, i i feel like that gives like you know some context to like you know how we build and how we differ kind of in that sense right yeah um so now what we wanted to kind of do you know now you guys have a you know little background into into that and how we look at things um which also like if you're ever like brewing a deck like Jake kind of mentioned before, like talk to the other people at your table, talk to the random person, your LGS, who's like, Hey, that guy plays like complete opposite of me. Like get his take on something. Like maybe they have a cool Avenue of like a way for you to build, or they have a cool, unique card. That's like in one of their decks um, that would work for one of yours or something. Right. So it's fun to like, kind of get into it with each other and like figure yeah. out like, you know, because then it inspires you to like look at other things and, and other ways to build, which I think is a lot of fun. Like that's where I that's what I enjoy about brewing so much is I love looking at the unique avenues and then sharing it with other people and getting their feedback and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about it, but and I think maybe we mentioned it on the cast already even, but we've done this. And when we do it, you know, you usually you are thinking that even if you're trying to think differently, you you have only so much brain space to remember the cards that you know. Yeah. And you can you can go online, you can look at EDA track, figure stuff out, but usually you are looking at something one way. And so one of my favorite things to do is to send the my list to the chat yeah. and get some feedback from Logan and Q and Simon and say that there's things that they're gonna see that I just had a complete blind spot. Yeah. on that well for good or for bad so yeah i think it's a good it's a worthwhile exercise and we've been kind of stockpiling some of these examples um in decks that we're stuck on so i think hopefully we can unstick yeah <laughs> ideally yeah so yeah we wanted to just kind of bring up a couple of and, and these are a few of like our personal decks so we'll kind of like you know briefly intro like what the deck wants to do the commander the theme and then maybe bring up maybe there's an issue or an idea of something that like we're struggling with and see if the other one of us has 
a unique take or a new unique angle yeah. or, 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 you know, just an insight into the deck itself and see if there's something that can kind of spark an idea. We thought this would be kind of a fun way for you guys to get to know our decks a little bit. And maybe you're facing a similar problem that one of us is facing, but in a completely different commander. And maybe what we talk about can inspire you for a certain change, right? Yeah. Um, or, I mean, hopefully at best inspire you to ask the person that, you know, that yeah. plays differently or yeah. add us on Twitter because we can yeah. probably play differently. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter. So, send us your deck list. We'll take a look at them. We, we love definitely have the time. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah Jake, I'll start. What's the first one you want to bring up. Yeah, so I've talked about it um, a few times. Is good. This deck has a lot of stories behind it. I think it's probably one of my decks that'll never go away. Is um, Vadrock Apex of Thunder? Um, so here's here's the the situation, uh, Logan. Yeah, I have built this deck where I'm not. I'm not going to say it, it was competitive, but it was very strong. Um, doing storm things, doing um, bouncing its mutate pile. <clears throat> ending up mana positive doing very fun cool things that honestly are very fun and cool and i still think that <clears throat> but once you do that enough times and it one plays out kind of the same because if you're not running tutors which i was i don't think i was running maybe mystical tutor but you're essentially a lot of card draw to get to the that place and the card draw is facilitating the storm and getting you there so anyway you're doing those things and so I actually, and I talked about this, I scrapped the deck at one point, but when I put it back together, I was trying really hard to still get the spirit of what Vadrock does and what I love about him. But how can I power it down to play fun cards and do some more fun things, right? Yeah. And so what ended up happening is it's it's now, I do not win with the deck um, and it, it, just, it can't close. And it also struggles with identity and direction. Like I very much will play it because I want to, give it another go and I'll do nothing because I will. So what I've kind of done is I've got almost three avenues and I understand that yeah, having three lands in a deck's a problem, but you're basically either doing Vesuvian duplomancy copying um, to create copies of the things I'm mutating, which are usually cool creatures like your um, fairy mastermind, ledger shredders, uh, Jenga taxius or Nebraska. Like some of them are kind of crazy if you can get multiple copies, mm -hmm. um, but it's a four man enchantment that I've got to find. A uh, thousand year storm, which is an expensive way to storm, but it's fun and it gives everything storm. Yeah. Or arcane bombardment, which does sort of storm things by exiling out of your graveyard. So it kind of anti synergies Vadrock a little bit because it removes my graveyard. Right. Um, I guess I didn't mention that Vadrock, when he mutates, I cast a non creature uh, card with mana value three or less for free from my grave. Yeah. Anyway, all that is to say at this point, what happens is I'm playing a lot of setup cards or all the cards from one angle or one of the lanes and then nothing of the other. And I just have a lot of card draw. Yeah. So I'm kind of fizzled and I don't know, you know, from a spell slinging standpoint, there's like a lot of cool things to do, but I don't know what to, what to make the deck say I can actually impact games and win without yeah. it being on the whole other where we started, where I'm actually winning a lot and it's problematic. Yeah. So my, my thought with this is you, you mentioned there kind of when you were first entering the deck that like when you, you kind of almost made it come maybe a little bit lower power in the sense of like it's just not quite as strong as it used to be. Not that there's not still good cards in there, but yeah, but then you mentioned that like, but you still wanted to play it because like there's fun things that you like to do in the deck. What do yeah. you feel are like, what's like, is there like a card or two 
that you feel like is the most fun? Like, like what is like the, like if let's say you had a, a really nice like opening hand, like first 10 or 15 cards, like which of maybe it's one of those lanes or maybe it's a specific card or two, but like what of the deck is like the really fun thing to you? Good question, actually. Um, so I love Storm King's Thunder. Mm-hmm. Specifically, and you know, copying spells in general. Yeah. But Storm Kings is cool because it does it in such a fun, splashy way yeah. where you pay red, 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 and then X, and then your next spell gets copied X times. Yeah. And so it is fun to like Storm Kings. Like I um I have a uh like slots in the deck that are the copying, and then yeah. what are the things that I want to copy? So the thing by itself is whatever. But like prologue to Phyresis gives everyone a poison counter. <laughs> I'm Super like, cool. can I Storm Kings Thunder that ten times? Like yeah. you know, that's kind of that's kind of the fun thing. And Thousand yeah. Year Storm giving cards storm that don't have storm has the the two-sided coin i think of it's not a broken grape shot that i can win off of but it's a card that if i can get the setup and get there it does cool fun things right yeah so that's probably the funnest part i mean the the copying my permanence is fine it's it can be cool yeah but i i think i just really like storming without it being like this competitive thing yeah Right. So I wonder, like, and, and based off of that, like, I wonder if the, I, I think you really like the idea of Vesuvian Duplomancy and, like, it does cool things. Yeah. Maybe that feels like it's a little outside the deck's, like, real, of, like, what you want the deck to be doing, right? Like, you, yeah, want I to agree. Be co- like, you want to be copying spells and, you know, using Vesuvian Duplomancy and, and, and things like that allow you to, you know, make multiple copies and then mutate multiple times and cast things again. But maybe that's taking you a little bit outside of the strictly spell copy thing, which you want to be doing. Um, Like, yeah, maybe there's a space in another deck or another deck build or something where you could still do the Vesuvian Duplancy because the, the main idea of that lane is to have just another mutate target for that drop. Pretty much. I mean, it was like there was one time where I had like six ledger shredders and it was cool, yeah. but it is a lot to track. It starts getting weird with especially on spell table. Yeah, I, I that's interesting. Actually, I, I've had this happen before where I'm like staring at this. Listen, I can cut nothing. The yeah. second you say it, it's like, <laughs> oh, he's right. Ah, oh, that's actually pretty smart. Right. And, and maybe there's even like a world of like you know, like obviously like right now you're playing a lot of like the the blinking to bounce and recast Vadrock over and over again and everything. Like maybe there's a world where, hey, maybe you actually don't need Vadrock to constantly bounce. Like maybe there's just, you have enough other mutate targets in the deck that like to re-trigger Vadrock that maybe yeah. you can lean more into the spell copying side of the deck and you don't necessarily need to do the because I think you sometimes like I've watched you play this deck before is like sometimes you get in the weeds of like the okay I gotta play this thing first so that I can then mutate him onto it mm. to bounce it back to my hand and if I want to do this again I gotta set it up again like yeah maybe there's a you know a, a and not necessarily just a more powerful right because you've done the really powerful way and you didn't enjoy, maybe it wasn't as enjoyable at the table yeah um but maybe there's a way to like lean a little bit more just into like the 
okay, I really just want to be copying these cheap spells, but maybe there's more ways of like playing some, just a creature that's going to return that spell back to your hand and paying two mana for it rather than having to set up the pieces to cast this thing, mutate that drag onto it, bounce it back to hand, do it again. Because I think yeah. sometimes you kind of get in that rhythm where you feel like you have to keep doing that when you might just be able to play, you know, uh, there's like the three or four mana red card that says, hey, return an instant or sorcery from like your graveyard to your hand or whatever, you know, or or leaning yeah. more into like the Sabine the Chronoclasm to like give that stuff flashback. Oh, you know? I love him. He's in the deck. Yeah. So but that's, that's, yeah, I agree. That's the problem I think is almost like I've worried about the things that could go wrong, like not having a mutate target. And so right. then I try and backfill all that and then it just clutters the deck. Yeah, that's right. fair. Um, so like okay. maybe and like and like I said, like those th- those are still like cool things to do. It's like maybe like you keep like one way, you know, one or two ways to still bounce and but then maybe like Vesuva Duplomancy finds its way into a different deck. And then yeah. you know, and, and you take some of those blink targets and you maybe turn those blink targets into spell copy targets. Um uh-huh. yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, because right now, yeah, like I said, a lot of it's card draw to facilitate those things. Yeah. So sometimes my strongest turns where I have like 30 mana to use and all I did was draw like 30 cards that yeah. drew me more cards. And it's like, ah, pass, done. So, yeah, OK, I like that. I'll give that a go. Um, And now I'll, I'll report back what it looks like without the duplomancy and whatnot. But yeah, cool. OK, yeah, let's uh, I noted all that. Let's um, let's jump into yours, your first one here. But yes, yeah, no, yeah. I, I like that window. Yeah. So my, my my first one I wanted to bring up is, uh, this is my forever deck. I talk about it all the time, but Gearhead Conclave Exile. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Gearhead comes in, he makes a Rhino. But the main thing that I do in the deck is I use his Populate trigger. When he attacks, I get a Populate. So the deck is full. It is a clones deck sans blue. So it's Naya clones is the name. Once of again. Deck. <laughs> did you do the assignment yeah where, where are yeah, your blue cards the assignment. it's right there <laughs> can't you tell <laughs> um but yeah so the whole idea is to be a clones deck without playing blue and so it plays things like Jaxus the troublemaker delina wild mage Ortheon, mm-hmm. hero of lava brink um it, it plays... hey he got in the cast i didn't know if he'd make it hey he will always if i'm on the pod he's making it in <laughs> Um, so it plays things like that, and then it plays a bunch of creatures to come in and hey, when it enters the battlefield, it removes something, or it enters and it ramps, it enters and it, you know, makes a token or something, and then it's just trying to copy those creatures as many times as possible. Yeah. Um, but I I do I, I've realized that over the last couple months, I, I've really struggled to close out games with Gear Ed. He's not winning games. Not that that's the most important thing to me because I am just enjoying, I enjoy just making those clones and making cool copies of things. But I have noticed that he hasn't won in a really long time where it's like, there are times where I feel like he should be able to close out a game and he just can't. Um, Yeah. And so I I wonder if there's, you know, something there that, you know, and and like I said, insight into the Jack in general is great, but that is something that I feel like I've noticed lately. Yeah, I was gonna say I, so I've been privy to those most of those games, or at least yeah. a good chunk of them. Um, and so, so when I was here, when you had Gearhead way back in the day, mm-hmm. and Gearhead used to be, for those at home keeping count, you probably had like a 
upwards of 35% win rate, maybe 40. He, like he was pretty strong. He was really strong. And and the whole point really was that you were populating the rhinos. Like I think in Garrett's pre-con, there's all this like cute make a token, therefore Garrett can populate it. Mm-hmm. And you were like, nah, strip that away. He does it really well. Four four trampling rhinos are really good. Yeah. And so you had this like just it was so aggressive and it was so resilient to board wipes because you could just build them again, just, just off casting your commander. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so with gear ed, obviously it, it, not, not that it's completely the same, but like Vadrock, you know, I think you were like, Hey, can I do this differently? Cause it's winning a lot and it's winning yeah. a lot kind of in the same way with the rhinos. The clones thing is amazing. Um, I have been, and I've had for a long time, Livio as, as one of my decks that, that I've, tweaked with you know infinite times yeah and it it's not the same in any means but it had similar outcome where i'm using livio to blink which blinking an etb is not unlike creating a clone of an etb mm-hmm. and i would generate all this value i'd draw all these cards i'd do all this stuff and i'd look really scary and then i pass the turn yeah and so what that and, and it happens with gear and and what will happen um i think two of the famous or infamous locks that you have and they're not locks but they're like whoa gotta get rid of this guy is you'll have your um what is the card it's the mirage phalanx yeah. um that has soul bond and et beer when it when it's paired it basically starts creating a token of the thing it's paired with yeah every turn which then allows you with geared to make another one yep and so when you do that you're doing it with like skyclave apparitions which remove a creature or Druid Apirications, which blow up a bunch of enchantments. Or maybe it's something that draws you two cards. And now, oh, well, I made three copies this turn, so I drew six cards. Yeah. And while the value guy in me loves that so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, loves that. The difference between that and Old Gearid is Old Gearid's tokens were killing us. Yeah. And these tokens look scary. And with, the, like, you know, with the removal ones, you get to sit back and say, like, I just, like, eight for one to the table yeah but now the table's kind of annoyed and it's gonna just <laughs> put all the fire on you That's and you true. actually in a lot of cases and i think you can win with this deck but like as is but yeah. in a lot of cases you get blown out and you d- you didn't like, create the board state that you created was a bunch of two two skyclave apparitions like it's not That's like true. the four four rhinos so i i would say look at it maybe with like account in mind and say how many of my um um copy targets or you know whatever the value etbs that i'm trying to copy yeah. how many of those do i have compared to something more aggro like your quartzwood crashers and things like that okay that's and say okay let's just skew that number slightly like maybe you take it from if you've got 10 that are in the one category that give you a lot of value but don't win yeah or that aren't like beefier or more aggressive maybe shave it by a third and put yeah. more into the aggressive just to see because I know it's very easy to say, I love value. How could I say no to this value? Yeah, this synergy sure. is perfect. Why would I pull it out? <laughs> yeah. It's like so you just telling them. me if I can copy that three times that I shouldn't do that. that exactly. Make sense. <laughs> right. But it's similar to like with Vadrock, I could say, why wouldn't I have every single card draw spell in the deck? But if all I do is then draw cards, I don't do anything. Right. Yeah. Um, to, to win, to win. And so I think that's, you know, if all your cards are copying for card draw and removal, yeah, you're gonna get removed because it's scary. For but sure. if it's like if it's rhinos or dinosaurs, who cares? Because yeah, you've also true. domed us for twenty. You that's, know? A, so that's a good point. <laughs> I think that's that's probably where I would point is okay. maybe look at that lens. Yeah, just just on 
what's my ratio of value versus aggression? Yeah. And maybe just leaning a little bit more into like, like letting the deck still be a little bit more powerful. Um, and, and just like letting it, uh, you know, adding, maybe even adding back in, you know, some of those bigger creatures to let the damage kind of keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love that though. Um, and I think that like that, that it helps because sometimes, like I said, right. Like you need to get out of your own head. Um, yeah. Cause if you're looking at cuts, like you're going to go, no, why would I pull Skyclave? I can't pull Skyclave. I can't pull yeah. Druid. But if you could say, okay, let's just take six of the 10, right. You can say, um, this is, this is just to test if that theory is correct. Yeah. And then if it is, then you can like fine tune it. Right. And get yeah. your cards back in, but so um no i love that i think that's a really good point um okay i think we have we each have one more but i think they kind of both hit a similar vein so we can kind of talk about them together maybe a little bit and we'll you know we'll still go one by one but sure similar idea um so your so your next one uh remind me which commander it is yeah so this would be one of the greatest it is um let me pull up the deck list here, but it's Sar on the Dark Lord. Uh, uh, you may have seen this uh, beautiful commander popping up in your pod recently with Lord of the Rings. Um, so, so to boil it down, I'm a large nor- Lord of the Rings nerd. Um, so is my wife. I've actually got her to dabble in magic with Lord of the Rings. So that's like, this is a big deal. Big deal that did it. Big deal that they printed not only Sauron, but he's so good. Yeah, and he's so, so strong. So it's like if you're gonna play the baddie, play the baddie, right? the The problem is, I really built this deck as a very flavorful. I honestly, it is. I'm doing the MS. I have all the MS synergies for the zombie army that he makes, or the orc army that turns into a zombie army. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I've got all of the Nazgul. Yeah, I like that's the whole deck. Like that's literally the deck. Um, <laughs> I don't even have like. A free counter spell. I, I, I've got nothing staply in there, but Sauron himself is so strong. He's a seven six for six mana, and I don't know you. You maybe could speak to how strong it is, us being on the other side of the table. But I think it's, it's the ward, right? Is it just strong. the ward of sack a legendary creature or artifact that's just like basically his hex proof? And then he's also a seven six, and he also makes an army, and he draws cards, and it's just like he does it all. And I get it but I haven't played him in a while because <laughs> he's just does it all. And he's so, he's so hard to handle yeah. that. I, I feel like it's not even like I, I'm fine being the arch enemy. In fact, playing Sauron, I would like to play the, be the arch enemy, yeah. but I almost feel like the table hates it. <laughs> so I don't know. And again, the deck is not like trying to turbo wheel. It's just doing dumb stuff, yeah. but it does win a lot. And so I think it's like probably 40% win rate on yeah. a couple games. So, what do you think? What do you, what would you do? Um, so I think, yeah, and it's tough. Cause I think Sauron does like, he, he's just a very strong commander and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. And, and I like, and that's the, that's the thing is that that's okay. Um, do you feel like you, like, is Sauron more important than maybe like what's in the deck? Like, does that make sense? Like, do you care more about Sauron being at the head of the deck or do you care more about like the rest of the deck being very Lord of the Rings flavored? Hmm. I, that's actually one of the only questions I haven't asked because I that that idea has not existed to me. 
yeah <laughs> like i like i guess yeah i don't know that i would i lie i could see myself building a sauron deck that has nothing to do with lord of the rings but it's like i'm i'm basically role-playing sauron as the most powerful this guy and even if it's not staple powerful it's doing magic stuff right because i think I, what ends up getting really strong is like there's the the combination of like whenever an opponent casts a spell and that's one but then the whole whenever the ring tempts you, you may discard your hand if you do draw four cards. Right. So to me, I kind of see this as like there maybe there's like one of two lanes that maybe help make a decision outside of just, you know, you play him when everyone's ready to play high power, you know, a little bit higher. Power. Sure. So just because how strong he is generically, you know. But so, yeah, maybe there's a version of this that's you're swapping out Sauron for a different Lord of the Rings commander that still allows you to play most of the cards in the deck. Depression including the Nazgul um, and, and is still doing something like similar and still Lord of the Rings, or maybe you care more about, I really want to be playing a powerful, like I, I really want to be playing Sauron and maybe Sauron still plays some Lord of the Rings cards, but mm-hmm. maybe it's not like, because that's the thing is like Lord of the Rings cards. A lot of them do say like the ring, then the ring tempts you, you know, like that's what all the Nazgul say, which right. that ends up making the incidentally like, that synergy alone makes it really strong. Yeah. So I hadn't thought of that actually. That's that's so would you say like let's let's just say for the sake of the argument, yeah. I just swap the Saurons. Yeah. Because I have the other one in the 99, the, yep. the precon one. Yep. If if Dark Lord's in the 99, yep, and Dark Lord or sorry, and Lord of the Rings Sauron is at the at the helm, yep. Does that just fix the problem? I think it majorly helps the deck. Even if like, yeah, then I have like another Sauron deck that's like yeah. CDH or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like if if huh? Sauron the Dark Lord is in the ninety nine, I think the deck is way more manageable to play against. It's it's a similar thing of like, hey, Turgrid is not a fun commander to play against, but yeah. if he's in the ninety nine of a deck, it's not as bad because you know that like okay, if you remove her, there's a good chance at least she's not going to come back. And she's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Now Sauron even gets her a little little bit around that because of his ward, <laughs> you know. But uh, sure. But I also uh, maybe don't see him exactly because yeah. like if it's like hey if you're still playing that lord of the rings deck you can still have sauron at the head of the deck but if it's the other one you know to me he's yeah. way splashier yeah but it's not like this grindy value that you can't get around exactly because that's the thing is that when you play sauron and what is he five mana or six he's, he's six, six mana, yep. which is still like a decent amount but like when he comes out it's like if the whole table doesn't gang up on you it's like there's no way we like, there's no way we win and even yeah. then, your creature gets so big that it's so hard to swing at you. Right. Um, and you're refueling your hand with all your Nazgul. So I wonder if you just switch the two. Um, the this rest like, of the deck the best, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. I, I thought this deck was never seen a lot of day again. <laughs> but yeah, because like the other one, it's eight mana. Yeah. It is a nine, nine trample. So it's yeah. like you kind of do need to deal with it. Like, but no protection. Still, yeah. He has a cast trigger and amasses. I got to do the amass stuff still. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of reanimator that I don't know that the deck cares about, but so be it. Okay. Temps. Commander. Dying. So Okay. I'll try. Me, I like that. To me, that's what I see. I see it as either that or the other option being you're playing Sauron, but honestly, maybe you're taking out some of the, the ring temps you stuff. Cause I think mm-hmm. that that's when the deck gets like really difficult to play against is when yeah. you're constantly just refueling your hand in addition to keeping him and building another huge creature. 
Uh, yeah. Like when yeah. it's the combination of all three of those things, like in your current deck, it it, it does, it, it it's a lot to get around. But I yeah. think if you either switch the commander or you keep the commander, but the deck maybe isn't as efficient in the, the ring tempting you side of things, I think right. even that might be a little bit more manageable. Yeah, because if, if the Nazgul are out, which is probably why I won't do this and I'll do the other option. Switch right. them. But if I did that, you're, um, I'm only getting tempted like once a turn when right. the army deals combat damage. Exactly. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. I still think okay. I like the idea more of switching the two commanders. Yeah, um, me too. But, and, and then like you could literally just keep the rest of the deck the exact same. And I don't think it's near, like it, it it's good to play against. Like I think you could pull yeah. it out the table without like groans and things like that. Like I don't think it's going to be a problem. Yeah. I like that option too, because it also allows me to, if it's ever appropriate, switch them back. And then I've got yeah. the deck that I love and it's, sure. and it can hang with strong decks. Okay. You saw my problems. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is straight up. And what's funny is we didn't like, you know, we, we kind of like talk about what are we going to talk about? Yeah. But I we specifically asked that we not share the solutions. Yes. And I'm like surprised that it's working. <laughs> I expected us to be like, oh, we'll agree to disagree on this one. Yeah. Oh, that works. Okay. We'll try it. Yeah. I think let's let's run through your that. let's run through your last one, um, which I think may have some similar discussion. I don't know if yes. the solution's the same, but yeah, solution may not be the same, but similar discussion. So my other one that I wanted to bring up is King Makar the Gold Cursed. So he's a mono black commander that the the deck, the way it wins is artifact burn. Um, it wants to ha- like play a bunch of things that will make artifact tokens or just be artifacts themselves, and then eventually drain the table with things like Mirkwood Bats that cares about tokens, Nadir's Agent that cares about tokens, uh, underhanded designs can drain for artifacts, you know, all those kinds of things. Um, so that's kind of how the deck wins. But King Makar himself is a removal tank. He can just... Yep. He can remove anything and everything on the board with how I build him. So the deck plays like a lot of vehicles as ways to tap King Makar. And then I play a variety of different ways to try to untap him whenever I can. Um, But the whole idea is it's like, hey, I'm playing these artifacts to tap and untap King Makar. And those artifacts are slowly draining and killing you over time as I'm removing all of your stuff. Um. I still have this deck built. I still enjoy the deck. I like the, it feels really cool to be like, okay, I'm going to get King Makar. I'm going to tap him to crew this vehicle. Then I'm going to pay one and untap him with this thing. Exile that thing. A gold comes in. I'm going to use that gold to do this, to tap him again, to untap him. Like it feels cool to like have that like kind of combo synergy. Little Rube Goldberg machines that you yeah. build. <laughs> um, but it's definitely not like, it's not like an infinite combo or anything like that. Um, and but I also am very afraid of the deck feeling unfun for people to play against um, because it's so heavy I can vouch. exile removal. Um, so I've been kind of stuck on knowing like whether or not like the deck should just play less of those pieces. Should the commander come out and be something else should, you know, or, or if it's actually not that big of a problem, you know? So I wanted to kind of bring it up and, and get your take on it. Yeah. Um, so, so, What's interesting is when you started and said King Makar is an artifact burn deck. Yeah. You've said that and I believe that, but I 
if you had asked me what is king mccarr deck i'd say it's the removal deck that makes gold you know like because that's the, the, <laughs> the thing is is I, so i had years probably like whatever five or six years ago i had a yagmoth thran physician deck mm. that did value things that i loved Mm-hmm. But it just, the board, no one had a creature on board. It was yeah. impossible. I just had every edict. And you're not doing that. But no. the what ha, well, the reason I removed it is because it, as a deck, and that's not what I'm suggesting you do. Yeah. But if the goal is to remove creatures and make it, and if you can do it really well, then other people are not playing because it's like, why would I spend a mana to cast a creature that's going to for sure be gone? Yeah. And my commander. So then like decks get shut down. And you end up in this weird place where it's like, if my deck works, you guys don't play. My deck doesn't work. You all play and I don't play. Yeah. Um, one thing that I I thought of, so so obviously, you one of your strengths in deck building is making these machines that just start grooving and grooving and yeah. grooving. Um, and I've seen King McCar turns where you can remove like eight, nine creatures, but then you pass turn. Yeah. And so two two quick examples that i thought of is one was from the yagmoth deck i actually ran the nest of scarabs combo to finish the game it, okay. it, went, it was like this card if i draw it and it's not at the right time for me to finish a game it's going to be a dead card and i'm just gonna have to like swallow those turns where it's like yeah. oh i could just win because i top decked the two card combo but i'm not doing that it was more if I establish the engine, if I can like do, let's say it's King Makar and I can wipe the whole board, I do all this crazy stuff, please put us out of our mis- misery, drop the two-card combo and win. Yeah. And it's almost like counterintuitive because we don't play two-card combos. Right. But when your deck does this efficient mm-hmm. thing so well, but can't finish, yeah. you almost need to put that mercy card in there to say, okay, guys, my deck did the thing really well and knocked you guys out of the, to the Stone Ages. Yeah. I'll probably kill you in 20 terms by swinging with Makar. Yeah. But instead, I'm going to two-card combo you. Um, yeah. I think, and it also, be, if that's a known thing, um, and the reason I say that is with my rel, you'll know, I mean, you know my rel very well. Yeah. I have a sequence where I will silence everyone. Yeah. But if I draw those cards, I'm not silencing you, like, early game to, like, yeah, be, just to... oh, oh, I, I could really, like, screw you because you just played a setup card to get mana. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like, that card's the silence is there to finish the game. Yeah. And similar with like, if I do a board wipe into a protection spell, I'm not doing that when I've got like two soldiers, like those are in the deck as they might be dead cards, but it lets me actually close the game mm-hmm. when it's time to do it. So I wonder if King Makar could have an angle, maybe whether like it's a, a, maybe like a mycosynth Karn lock. Yeah. Something that you normally like, you just would never even think to put in, yeah. but you're saying like, Hey, when I get to that place where I'm drawing a bunch of cards, making a bunch of gold, and I'm doing my thing, if I can get into that combo, I'm going to win. Hmm. And if it's a known thing that the table knows about, we're we're not playing like, oh, we got to kill him because he's going to Karn lock us. It's do the thing correctly, you can kill us. Yeah. Right? So then we're not like not wanting to play into Makar because we're going to sit here for an hour and a half, two hours, three hours until it's like, oh, no, he can do it. It's kind of like Daxus can lock us out but also makes the spirit army to kill us right that's true i think that's the idea so i think if you could assess some of those cards that you normally wouldn't put in because they're combos hmm. but treat it as a finisher yeah. and i think that might get my car there you know okay i like that that's a that's a good idea yeah because like i'm I'm not usually i'm i don't think i play combos on like any of my decks right um, at all 
yeah, technically, I think I, I used to have a Rondis deck that's still kind of together, but that was like a four card combo that was very difficult to set up. Right. Um, but yeah, I hadn't thought about just like adding a combo as a way to finish the game as a way to make it easier to play against rather than right. And, and it would help the deck. Like, obviously, it would help the deck win, but it's not like. But hey, like it, it's not the thing I do if it's like you're gonna drop it for value. Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna yeah. be like, okay, uh, I, I'm not doing anything. Here's 12 mana, and I win. And like, now no one does anything. Yeah, or or and I idea, win. Yeah. The idea would be, hey, I've got my pieces set up. You've earned it. I, You've earned the combo. I, yeah, I've earned it. I, I'm removing multiple creatures every round. You yep. know, I, I'm able to stave off any like opposition, and then it's like, okay, and now I lock you out presenting that like okay now i will kill you in two or three turns rather than 10 right okay. and i think if you think of crater hoof is a combo piece yeah that we're all fine with getting yeah. killed by right but when it's played and earned even though green never earns anything but <laughs> you know you go okay yeah i died to crater hoof. so in this yeah. case and i don't know what if, if there are other ways to do it but if it's if it's a current lattice lock put the current lattice lock in there yeah. And just say like this is different ha- like artifact themed like But you could have enough of them that aren't all like Merkwood bats you could even call that like a, a mini one. Yeah. But just call it a finisher. Call it yeah. your your whatever in black would be this this crater hoof like thing and just drop those in there. Interesting. I like that idea. So, yeah. Yeah. Give it a go. Cool. I like that. Um okay, well I found this to be really very helpful. Um, and it, yeah, like, you kinda, like you said, like Sauron, like it's inspired me to like, try to like go back into my decks a little bit and like figure out like, okay, how can I make this work? through looking at it through a different lens. Cause like, like I'm, like you said, like I'm not a combo player. Like I would have never thought to like try adding a combo as a way to like help the deck be more playable. Like normally yeah. I'd be taking and more fun to play combos, against, yeah. you know, because combos, you know, a lot of people find combos unfun. But if like, if but you find it unfun because it doesn't feel like earned. It feels like it undid what the game did. Right. But in this case, it actually validates what you did. Right. right. Yeah. And, and maybe there's a way to like make it specific to where it's like, hey, this yeah. combo only works when it's like, hey, I have a ton of mana and I like I'm the only one with a board. You know, things like that. So mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah give it a go. Really cool. Um. But yeah, so hopefully, you know, I, I know we here at the end, we kind of got into some of our personal decks, but hopefully this gave you guys some ideas of, like I said, maybe there's a deck that you've been struggling with or a build you've been wanting to do or an archetype that you wanted to build. And maybe us talking from two very different points of view has inspired you to either A, find a way to fix that deck or build something new or B, kind of like Jake said earlier, like go talk to someone at your LGS or someone in your play group that is maybe on the other side of your normal building pattern and see if there's any inspiration there that can come. Cause I, I think we definitely had some of that for ourselves tonight for sure. Big time. Yeah. And that's the thing. Magic's a color wheel and, and all the players play the strategies. We play differently. We, we build differently. We assess differently, but there's value to be gained from even the people that are playing differently than you are looking differently yeah. than you are. So grab it, like take that value, you know? Yeah. So yeah, but That's thanks it. for joining us tonight, you guys. This was a ton of fun. We really enjoyed this. And uh, um, make sure to, you know, keep an eye on the Substack. keep an eye out for our pods coming up. But otherwise, thanks so much and have a great day, guys. Take care. <laughs>